it's morning. And that means it's time for Rotten Mornings. The best way to start your morning off rotten. Well, hello, dear listener. We hope you're having a rotten morning. This is Rotten Mornings. I'm Scott. I'm Matt. I'm Brandy. And we're going to talk about a couple of things that we saw yesterday in the broadcasting Why schedule. Are you talking? Stop talking like that. You are annoying the hell out of me. <laughs> this is my announcer voice. This is my natural voice. I sound like this when I speak. Yes, I agree. You do sound like an asshole when you speak. Just not that exact asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to leave options open. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the uh, review of all the stuff we did today. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday. To yesterday, right? Today, <laughs> right. So let's start with let's talk about what we did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yesterday uh, we had the. Um, hopefully, you guys are listening to the podcast. If you did, you heard the man from Torrid, which was yes. a really cool podcast. I think we had some very a little bit more scientific talk on that one than we have. Yes, on other ones, and we backed that science with nothing. With nothing, <laughs> and we will probably have to do some um, back. Yeah, backtracking. Um, <laughs> And then we had the first episode of Rotten House House. that, uh, hopefully everybody's into that. It's not super like, oh, boom, boom, all this stuff's happening, but it's just You know what? I I liked it because uh, it's very rare that we put out stuff where it's like behind the scenes or Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. And even though uh, things that you have, your yard, your Halloween haunt set up, even though that may not be a, a specifically a set, you know, it is a really cool thing. People love this. Yeah. Uh, the neighborhood loves to see it. So, so seeing that come up so is a really cool hopefully thing. Hopefully you guys are, will enjoy all these rotten houses. I promise you as they get further into episodes, they get more entertaining because I started thinking about that. But, um... Then we had the um, the un, uh, unfinished review. Yeah, of Spook uh, Trail. Spook Trail. Yeah, it was and great. I, I hate that we did not get to get him a review last year just because yeah. of everything that happened. But when it released, we will be going out to Spook Trail, of course, uh, at some point and give them a, 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 a real review this year. Yeah, well, I mean, I think in the, the unfinished <laughs> review, you, you hit on some topics and you hit on a couple of different things that's, that's kind of important. Uh, Spook continues to be somebody who's uh, super passionate, enthusiastic super passionate. Uh, yes, about working with us and, yeah. and doing stuff. So, and he's a and when we filmed the movie out there with him, that was super fun too. Yeah, if yes. you guys haven't seen Fatal Cut, you should check out Rotten's Fatal Cut. <laughs> if you haven't seen our movie Fatal Cut, you should probably invest in Netflix and watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> if you have seen it, we're sorry. <laughs> we're so sorry. The blooper so, reel is the best. The blooper reel is actually the better movie. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we had uh, my. Next episode of Rotten Strips. That's right. We had episode three of Rotten Strips. Strips. And you know, there's a couple of things I really wanted to talk about in this episode. Let me let me have it. Um, Well, man, the death scenes that you had, the the rotten deaths, uh, dude, that was beautiful. Yeah, Uh, really, really well done, and and I I I super enjoyed that. I liked the. Uh, I I don't even know what you called that section. It was, it was the the wasteland, the wasteland mm-hmm. warrior yeah, or uh, narrator. I believe it was. Uh, oh gosh, uh, sc- uh, uh, 
Yeah. Sc- uh, skittle, scuttle. Yeah. Scuttles. Uh, scuttles. Oh my god! I can't believe I can't remember. Well, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the episode. Here's a little fun. teaser of it. Yeah, I'll just yeah. give you a trailer of the yeah. title, so then that yeah. way you go watch the episode. Yeah, they did yesterday. Yeah. They... <laughs> well, I mean, if you didn't watch it right. yesterday, now that I'm telling you about it, you should watch, watch it today. It. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have a lot of fun filming that? Yeah, it was super fun. Super fun. <laughs> cool. Real cool. fun. And we got to see some uh, some some different uh, making of stuff there, and, and uh, that was really neat. So I think... Overall, we're we're three deep into rotten strips, and I think that they're plugging right along. I think yeah. that they're doing well. What do you think, Brandy? Is is everything to your liking on these? Sure. Okay. Good. <laughs> that's, that's uh, you know, that's the most positive review we've gotten so far. Would you, Would you watch this? Sure. I do. I do uh, watch it. Yeah. Brandy has to ride that. Really I have to fine watch it line. many, many times. Not until telling it's us we finished. suck and offending us, mm-hmm. and not telling us we're super good and us getting all full of our shit. <laughs> so it's a very fine line of kind of mediocrity. Well, that's why I tend to lean back and forth at times. <laughs> yeah, when Scott walks by because it's very thin hallways. Well, let's not forget your live uh, at. Hellbilly Hollow. Yeah, that went really well. Seeing DCC again and and talking to Tim and uh, we've got some uh, stuff that we talked to Tim last night about that we've got in the works between them and the uh, Chicken House. So maybe we can have some sort of a. I'm kind of working on a sort of a documentary about like how the haunts were put together, the people involved, you know, just different things. No, nothing set in stone yet. Mm-hmm. But we're just kind of talking about some ideas like that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, I, I liked the the live feed. Uh, I generally do. I generally enjoy those. Uh, kind of giving a a quick snapshot. You know, invite the the viewer to join you uh, at the haunt. So uh, really good job. Good job, guys. Um, well, let's talk about what we have planned to show you for today. Oh, yeah, let's do. Um, we've got the uh, podcast this, that you're listening hello, to. Hello, <laughs> this is here and now. Yeah, we and are today. You will get your second episode of Rotten House. Yep, and that's uh, that's going to be a hoot. Uh, that way you can finish up seeing the Shadow Box build that I was working on the last episode. Man, I, you know, I'm excited to see that. Mostly because I pretend to be excited about the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Consistency is all we ask. Yeah, so uh, I'm just asking you to to match the level of <laughs> praise that I gave the first one that's with fair. the second one. That's, that's all. Fair. That's all. Okay, that's I all. will do my best. Yeah. And, and then we have uh, Scott's second episode, which is episode four of Rotten Strips. And I'm sure that's going to be a hoot. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to be out on time. <laughs> so We make promises. <laughs> <laughs> and mistakes. Guys, we're, we're many, having a, a blast. Mistakes. We are having a blast, although this uh, weekend has been a bit hectic, I would oh, say. <laughs> uh, I want to thank, uh, of course, uh, for Friday night, the Chicken House. I want to thank for... You know, last night I want to thank Hellbilly Hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always so receptive to us. They're yes. always such great. It's a great time. It's a great haunt. And look, guys, if you even get out to any haunts, we have got like you got to go by one of these haunts. Hellbilly Hollow or the Chicken House is near you. One of the other one is near you. They are great haunts. They they're really great are. atmospheres. They're great, great people. Energy. Uh, we just we love going out and, and seeing those cats. Now we will talk as nice about other haunts as well, but we haven't visited them yet, so 
let me get that visit in and then we can t- go from there. That's fair. That is fair. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's been the review portion. Uh, we're about to jump into the supernatural, the strange and the unusual. So stick around for that. We'll be back after the break. Stay rotten. I broke my foot. (laughs) Standing nearly 20 feet tall, the Georgia Guidestones loom ominously over the state of Georgia. Commissioned to be built in 1979 by a stranger who had come to town and went under a pseudonym. Upon the creation of the Georgia Guidestones, all information about their creation was destroyed. Tonight, dear listeners, we discuss the Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, so uh, that's the story, uh, as as we kind of know it, of the Georgia Guidestones. Well, what do you, what do you guys think about that? That's wild. Like yeah. this whole time, I'm thinking that the that the idea of the quote unquote Georgia Guidestones. Mm-hmm. I thought because I heard something along the lines of a compass that it was just a bunch of stones with, like, holes that you could look through, and it showed you, like, the lines, like, ley lines or something. Sure. I didn't realize that by guide, it meant a how-to guide. Not right. a guide to topography, but a guide to doing, to being. Yeah, That's and pretty awesome. What's interesting, too, that you bring that up, there are a couple of spots in the Georgia Guidestones that have holes drilled through them that you can see equinoxes. Yeah. So I thought that's, I literally thought that was all it was. Yeah. I did not realize that it had all these different languages and writings and stuff. That's pretty yeah. cool. But then again, it also still wavers on the side of, I mean, what if just a bunch of rainbow hippies went out there and... Like, bro, love the earth, man. Like, come on. Hey, you know what? If any group of people want to put up a piece of rock somewhere. Well, you know, I I have to say I'm really fascinated by the part of the story of the man who didn't exist, basically. Mm -hmm. And the anonymous organization he was supposedly hired by to erect these stones. I'm fascinated by that part. I would also say that there's a little bit of a running theme to the last three of these stories and that is all evidence was destroyed (laughs) it's very uh except for henry wells now yes and no yeah because henry wells burned up in the courthouse to burn the documents of his existence and la 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 so Mm -hmm. there are all these things are still speculative yeah so i think like uh the evidence of the story is missing uh, the Georgia Guidestones are still are there, there, you know, yeah. obviously, so but those are some you, things. But you're, say, absolutely, I mean, I Tell the Georgia Guidestone stories a different way without mm-hmm. the mystery and tell it to, like, okay, so 
At one point, Burning Man decided they wanted to have a festival in Georgia. True. And uh, one of the artists there had a bunch of friends that came from all around to go to Burning Man. He set these stone slabs up there, and he had each one of his friends inscribe the same inscription in their language on those guidestones. And then over time, these people just designed this thing. Yeah. And then, then it, it becomes a neat story. Yeah. It's still interesting. But it's yeah. not mysterious. But it's not nearly as interesting. Yeah, to because you have all the evidence anyway. of everything that took part i think that what really adds the element to all of these stories is the, is the fact that there is no proof mm-hmm. so it's an interesting idea that when people say why don't people have better pictures of ghosts why don't people have better pictures of ufos would it not be also plausible that if you did have better pictures it would no longer be that thing anymore because without the mystery to it Nobody gives a kid. It's not as cool. So it's interesting that you bring that up. There are a couple of parts of this story as you dig deeper into it. Um, the, the, the bank, uh, the guy who ran the bank who had this agreement that he would never reveal and would destroy all the documents. Uh, people always considered him a very upstanding guy. Uh, to his deathbed, he, he kept the secret. Uh, if, if he's dead now i'm not sure if he is or not but i but there's never been that on there's never <laughs> been a, a news story that he's passed that i'm aware of right, so, right, right, right. Uh, but there is a story that he didn't destroy the documents and that they're in a box in his garage like he took them out of the bank where no one could get them or they're buried in the supposed Tom 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 yeah uh the other thing that came about is apparently uh this guy wrote a letter to either the granite company or to uh, the bank owner and um, kind of giving them a, an idea uh, more about what the Georgia Guide Songs was. And I think he wrote a book too. So there are some other little pieces out there. Uh, the organization that he represented immediately dissolved after the Guidestones was built. So it was like it only was created in order to raise the money right. to do the Guidestones. Uh, but yeah, still, uh, and they they still call him the stranger that came to town. Like, yeah. There's there's still not enough information based. So on he sounds like that. a Tales from the Crip episode, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's really neat. Uh, we're gonna go through a, a few of these, um, the guides, I guess the the statements written yeah, on the like Georgia guides. The same exact thing is written on every one of the stones in a completely different language, and it's these what ten different suggestions of life or mm-hmm. guide to life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, before we jump into that, I just want to throw this out there. Uh of the American um great wonders of the world, you know, this is one of them. This has been called an American Stonehenge because yeah. of its enormous size. Uh because it's all made of stone. It's not, you know, put together. It's it's just a giant stone structure. Uh so Stonehenge could have been created uh, without a written language, but as a as a way of communicating a similar thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. true. You know, it's just but a, again with Stonehenge, if we had the story of a bunch of stoner hippies going out there and going like, "Man, let's set these rocks up!" <laughs> like again, the mystery robbed away from it. It's no longer. It's a it's not as fascinating, thing, mm-hmm. but it's not fascinating. Sure, I, I like that we continue to get stories about well, the Stonehenge rocks, where they came from today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they come from somewhere new every, every day. single yeah, year. There's great. a different, and they buried Easter Island heads at one point. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Brandy, what are the, the the first couple there? 
Uh, the first one is maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And the second one is guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Yeah, so this this looks like, from a lot of people's perspective... Eugenics. <laughs> uh, ...of uh, gene profiling or... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the wiping out of a, um, a race. Um, so that terrified a lot of people. They're like, hey, you put right. this stone... Well, and... if, if you read it a certain way, it mm-hmm. can read as pro-euthanasia. Uh, mm-hmm. It could read as pro weeding out the gene pool mm-hmm. uh it could read as pro when when anybody says only x amount of people every single person's mind goes to and i kids. in that group sure and if somebody is not in that group there is a way to say this is a selective group mm-hmm. if everybody's not involved so anytime you get to a point where it's like only Limit. this many people can go right if anybody else can't go they fit in a group of people that could say, well, there's none of this kind of person in here. There's none of this kind of person in here. So what is in that particular idea, how can you provide diversity if eventually with a set number of population, there will be no more diversity? Right. Because everybody will be the same ethnicity, the same. Eventually, we're all exactly the same. Contradict each other. In that regard, uh, you can see it that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I, I think what people read into it is like guiding your reproduct reproduction for fitness is to um, only reproduce in order to replenish the five hundred million. And, and you know what? Let me give you a a hot take or a hot opinion. Uh, I definitely, I, I mean, I, I apologize to anybody who has. I mean, you have multiple kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I still think, and this is wild, that it is completely okay for the government to mandate an amount of kids that you are legal to have. And I think two in the in cases should be the limit. Now, I don't think the government should demand you to See, have kids. See, I feel like it's more likely that we, with the zero, are the ones that balance out the higher numbers. Yeah, that's true. But my point being that it the, the problem with selective birthing is if you have a class of people that are more important than another class of people. So in Japan, when they did selective birthing, the importance was on men, so they wanted to have boys. Well, now you have a whole generation of Japanese boys that don't have mates because they practiced only having one child. So there is still there's a duplicity to the idea of it. It constantly is a fluctuation of, is it okay is it not okay? Is it ethical? Is it unethical? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, what are some of the other ones written on there? We have Unite Humanity with a Living New Language from a stone tablet with multiple languages on it. I find that kind of odd. Uh, <laughs> rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Which we've thrown out the window like eons ago. Oh, the te- <laughs> population thing too. We threw that out the window before we even read that. Yeah. There's there's been several attempts at a universal language, though. The one yes. that comes to mind uh, for me is Esperanto, uh, which came about um, early 20th century, 
and is still kind of spoke by some people, but was never universally adopted by everyone. I think the only universal language that exists at this point is mathematics. I would say that we are not far from uh, English being universal language, yeah. only because of the unwillingness of, of certain Americans. English speakers <laughs> to to learn a different uh, communication form. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how the will of the stubborn normally becomes the quid pro quo across the board. And our <laughs> language is actually the most difficult to learn because of all of the exceptions. I have spoke <laughs> our language for my whole entire 41 years of and existence, you still have and it I still it. screw it up <laughs> immensely, if that's a word. <laughs> Which one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what and are the, uh... the... The rest of them kind of go along with yes. the working with nature and, and making room for nature. And, and I noticed and one of them literally says nature uh, twice. <laughs> it does. It repeats. The last one is repeated twice. Make yes. room for nature. Make room for nature. Uh, and the other, the, the other one that kind of stood out was that nations could rule independently. Like, don't fight with another nation. If you have agreements with another nation... You should have a world court, world court yes. that would decide, mm-hmm. you know, who's right and who's wrong, which is a, an interesting theory. I, I think that this was a mm-hmm. uh, a group of people who got together. This is just speculation and said, hey, some of the stuff that we're doing, we could ju- do it a different way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and uh, kind of wrote these things down and like, hey, guys, listen to reason here. Like, if this was the case, wouldn't things be better? Like, if we didn't have, you know, overpopulation, wouldn't, wouldn't that be better? We're not saying kill anybody. We're just saying like, hey... You know, if nuclear fallout happens and there's seven people and we get up to this point, let's let's start looking at that. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, of course, now this came in 79. So mm-hmm. there is the Cold War element that is a part true, of that. You true. know, we, we did look at the possibility of nuclear war. Yeah. Uh, I was just listening to a, <laughs> a another news segment and it was talking about uh, our presidents and how many nuclear warheads we had just aimed at places in massive excess. And that, well, that also goes hand-in-hand with why we don't worry about nuclear war. It's so crazy that the reason we don't have to worry about being nuked is because of how many many nukes we have here pointed at other people because they have this agreement called Mutually Assured Destruction. And the World Court had to sign into it and uh, what's the name of the uh, all the, the United uh, Nations? Yes, the United Nations has an agreement of mutually assured destruction. There are people bowing out of the United Nations as we talk. Well, <laughs> we promised you a terrifying tale. And I think we just succeeded. <laughs> so maybe, just a thought. Get you a big piece of marble, carve a hole in it, and hide underneath that thing because maybe these cats knew something we don't know. Almost assuredly. <laughs> granite? Did you say granite? I what did. was they made of? What was they made what of? What was they made of? See, that, that's that whole English, English language thing. Possibility. <laughs> uh, what was they made of? Whatever they was made of, get that. Granite. Granted, yes, I mean, that's what I'm, granted, I mean that. Guys, have a rotten morning. (laughs) Have a rotten morning and stay rotten. Stay rotten.